You are tuned into the Dr. Tina Show with Dr. Tina Moore. For more, visit drtina.com. On this episode of the Dr. Tina Show, I'm going to be completing my series on orthopedics is a scam. Part one, two, and three are already up and I've gotten a ton of great feedback on it. And I promised you all an episode about imaging. And so I wanted to give you the quick and dirty on imaging and how I think about it. A little bit of background is that I'm a chiropractor as well as a naturopathic physician. And so I was trained extensively in imaging. And if you really want to talk to somebody who knows a lot about the different utilities of imaging, talk to a chiropractor because they'll be straight with you. I also specialized in regenerative medicine for most of my entire career. So check out uh, the episode all about that because I deep dive into what regenerative medicine is. I share that only because I did not find a ton of utility in imaging. The reason being is it didn't change the treatment plan very much for me. So I'll go go through that on this episode. Let's jump in. So number one that I think is worth noting is that, to be totally honest with you, and if you listen to part one of this series, you know how I feel about all of this and this whole industry of orthopedic medicine. Most doctors use imaging to cover their ass. So we call it CTA medicine. It's basically, I don't know... I'm not good at diagnosing musculoskeletal medicine. I'm not good with my anatomy knowledge and I'm terrible with palpation and my orthopedic tests. So I'm going to run an image to cover my buns. That's honest to God, no disrespect to any doctors out there. Most of them will admit it. Um, Everybody I went to school with in naturopathic college would tell you hands down that physical medicine and orthopedics and all of that was their absolute worst subjects. That's the subjects they did the worst in. So Most doctors will order an image to cover their butt because they don't know how to diagnose you. And that's the truth of the matter. And it sucks. I happen to be great at diagnosing musculoskeletal conditions and I love doing orthopedic uh, testing and figuring out what exact structures are injured, what exact mechanisms are going wrong. And, you know, if you really want a great diagnosis for musculoskeletal, go to a chiropractor and or go to a physical therapist. Either of those folks will give you a much more in-depth diagnosis than just low back pain. Your MD will generally say low back pain and then send you out for imaging. The first imaging study on our list is x-rays. You all probably have had an x-ray and docs love to punt to an x-ray because it's sort of the gateway imaging study that gets you in the door and leads to other images. But I wanna tell you something that most people don't realize. And I say this with love because everyone says, oh, my shoulder hurts, I'm going to go get an x-ray or my knee hurts, I'm going to get an x-ray. X-rays don't tell you much about any of the soft tissues that are probably the cause of the injury. X-rays simply image bone. They tell you what's going on with bone. So if you have a fracture or you're concerned about a fracture, say you had a gnarly ankle sprain or you're afraid you broke something because you fell down or you heard something pop or snap, it might be worth the x-ray, right? Because we're looking at bone and we want to make sure there's no damage to the bone. It will look at osseous type structures. So there is some utility, I would say, you know, um, it can tell you where your trachea is in your throat because that's a little bit more cartilaginous. So it shows up better on x-rays. For the sake of your joints, which is what we're talking about here, it can tell you if you've got joint space narrowing. 
and it can tell you, I mean, so they're going to tell you you're bone on bone. Welcome to the club. <laughs> it can tell you if your vertebrae in your back look gnarly, if they've gotten, they sometimes get ruffled. Literally, they, they sort of mushroom out as they start to degenerate. And that's much more of a systemic issue than it is a, a local issue. But anyway, it can tell you what your bones look like. That's not super helpful in that most, if you go back and listen to parts one through three in the series, um, you'll see that most pain that is, especially when it becomes chronic, is usually soft tissue involved. And so we're not going to get a very great picture of what's going on with x-rays. They might tell you, you, you know, they might um, help identify and diagnose certain bone cancers, but they come with a lot of radiation, at least they used to. So I want to update you on this. This is something cool that I thought would be worth noting. We learned all about x-rays, how they were made, um, the history of them, how to do them. Like we literally learned how to take x-rays. It was kind of crazy, which I thought was a little overkill because when am I ever going to actually be taking the x-ray? But some chiropractors definitely do. So we had a, a bit of an overkill education. I think it's since changed a bit. So, um, you know, time can be better spent learning other things, but I really got a womp in education and x-ray technology. And radiation used to be heavy. Now, let's note that we get radi irradiated every time we fly. So, you know, they say that flying however many hours can be the same as having a chest x-ray. But back then, chest x-rays and then lumbopelvic x-rays, your lower spine and your pelvis, those were huge amounts of radiation because you had to get through a lot of bone and a lot of tissue. So getting a chest x-ray because you had a cough, like, I don't know about you, but that's the standard of care for a doctor to make sure they don't miss pneumonia. I don't know. I figure we can still diagnose pneumonia without irradiating the heck out of our patient's chest because it's not just the chest that's in there. I mean, we've got the heart, we've got some ten our sensitive glands like the thyroid gland, we've got the thymus in there. That's a lot of radiation to be pumping through somebody. And then the lumbopelvic region, right? That's where our ovaries are, our sex organs. So we don't need to be irradiating gonads and, and testicles. Uh, I'm sorry, or ovaries. And as far as the chest x-ray, there's the breast tissue. They're also sensitive endocrine tissue. You've heard me say that strength training is non-negotiable if we want to live and move optimally as we age. Why? Because the rate at which we lose muscle as we age is alarming. And unless you're actively working on building it several days a week, sarcopenia, better known as muscle wasting, will win out in the end. One of the most effective ways we can build muscle, aside from eating meat and strength training, of course, is to make sure that we're getting enough essential amino acids in the correct ratios to stimulate muscle protein synthesis. Essential amino acids are the building blocks of protein, which means your body uses them very efficiently to build lean muscle mass. My go-to essential amino acid source is Keon Aminos, the fundamental supplement for fitness. Keon Aminos is clean, sugar-free, and caffeine-free. All nine essential amino acids your body needs in the ratio scientifically proven to promote muscle synthesis. They're absolutely delicious, come in a variety of flavors, and goes down easily. Click on the link in the show notes to save 20% on monthly deliveries and 10% on one-time purchases from my fundamental supplement for fitness, Keon Aminos. You can also head to getkeon.com, that's G-E-T-K-I-O-N.com forward slash Dr. Tina. I just learned something though. 
I was with a family member in the hospital. They needed a chest x-ray and the guy rolled in this. He was so cool. Such a nice guy. Uh, the uh, rad tech guy. He rolled in this cool machine and he said, we've actually learned that what we were doing was wrong. We used to shield, we used to put these lead shields over the breasts or the gonads. And we've since learned that it causes a ton of scatter back into the underside of the shield, which could potentially increase the concentration of radiation right over those areas we're trying to protect, which I was like, oh my goodness, that's kind of terrifying to think about. But he also told me that these new machines that he wheeled in and took a, he took a chest x-ray of my family member in the hospital. It was so cool. He just put the plate behind them and then did the chest x-ray right in the bed, the hospital bed, just put the bed upright. And I thought that was such a neat thing. And he said, these new machines have very little radiation. They give off very little radiation. So that made me happy and made me think, okay, great. So now um, if that technology is available in most imaging centers, which I bet it is, then, because we were in kind of out in the country at a hospital, it wasn't like a big city hospital. Um, I would say that's pretty great. And so we can be a little bit less afraid of x-rays, but there's still radiation. And I took that very seriously. I'm not keen on irradiating my patients to find out information that I should be able to figure out with a really good history physical exam. I, as the physician, need to be so good with my history and physical exam that I can tell you what I think the situation is. And then we use an image to back that up. We use imaging studies and labs to back up our diagnosis. We don't use them to come to our diagnosis. And that's a big difference than how most doctors are practicing. And remember, it does not show soft tissue. So what does? MRIs. You guys are probably familiar with MRIs. Very common. Just so you know, they are giant magnets. <laughs> so you are getting into a big tube of a giant magnet. I don't know about you, but magnetizing your cells with something that powerful, probably not a great idea. Probably not a great idea to hit yourself with that kind of magnetism. And we're seeing these new MRI studies coming out all over. The, it's like a big thing with the influencers, like go get a full body MRI and we'll tell you if you have tiny little cancer uh, regions starting in your body. And I, and, you know, this is not medical advice at all, but this is how I was taught. We all have cancer in our bodies and we all probably have, especially by certain ages, we all probably have some level of stage one tumor growth or little sequesters of cells that are doing something funky, right? Um, and this is not a podcast about my thoughts around cancer. That's a whole different talk. But many of these things will, the way I was taught, now uh, I will preface this with the man who taught me this ended up dying of cancer. So you, you decide for yourself. Um, but I'm just telling you how I personally feel. And I think that our bodies, if we take really good care of it, will tend to clear these small little, um, you know, defects, if you will, these little sequesters of cells that aren't supposed to be there that we all have. And maybe sometimes, and not all the time, it's good to be aware of them, of course, but I'm just not a huge fan of the big MRI full body thing. Because for one, why are we irradiating, or I'm sorry, magnetizing young people just to see if we can find something wrong? And then two, whatever we find, um, are we going to cut after it? What are we going to do, right? Like what you have to decide what your commitment is. I personally, I've watched too many people I love die of cancer. So um, I have a different plan if I ever get it and it's not going to involve the standard of care. So I, I, I don't want to know. 
I'll just, that's me personally. This is not medical advice. I personally don't want to know. And I'm certainly not going to put myself into a giant magnet to find out if there's something going on there. I'll rather, you know, I'd rather take my chances. But some people really do want to know. So this is where imaging can be great because some people really want to know things. But I do ask all my patients this before they, well, I'm not in practice anymore. But when my patients would ask, uh, should we, should we get an MRI? What about this? What about that? I'm like, well, what are you going to do with the information? Right? And some people would say nothing. And I'm like, well, then why would we go through that? And that is a personal decision that is made with your physician. And everybody's different. So again, this is not blanket medical advice by any means. I'm just sharing with you how I look at imaging because many times people are pushed into imaging they don't want to have. And then I ask, well, what are you going to do with that information? What if it comes out like this? What are you going to do? What's your plan? And they're like, well, you know, like say it's a painful joint. I'm like, is it going to change our treatment any? No, we're already going to treat you the way that we have planned on. So is that MRI really necessary? And it's a need to know thing for some people. They really need to know. They need to see it. I am the opposite. I don't want to know what my low back looks like. I have heard horror stories from folks who have looked at pictures of my low back and they're like, you don't want to know. And I really don't. And I do have low back pain and I struggle with it every day. But I promise you, if I saw it and I knew how gnarly it might be, uh, that might mess up my head a little bit, right? That might make me feel a little more victim mentality or a little bit more like, hmm, this is so bad and this is because. And I'm just not like that. That's not my jam. I have this spine and this is my spine and these are my hips that I contend with and I really just want to heal them. And so I'm going to keep doing everything in my power to heal them and keep them from hurting. And so I'm not a big, I don't need to know, (laughs) but I might be different than you or your physician. So I'm just sharing my thoughts. What else about MRIs? Um, Oh, very commonly, they need to use a contrast dye to get the image right. And so they'll use gadolinium. And for the longest time, people thought that was benign. Well, I'm telling you, it's a heavy metal. It's not benign. There has been some data showing it gets into your brain. It can cause issues. Um, a, a A good marker for this, what really got me thinking about it was Chuck Norris's wife, she had a contrast MRI and she had a lot of problems after that. And so it got me digging into, this was years ago, it got me digging into the science and I'm not going to quote any studies, but it, I was, it's not something I would agree to get. Let's put it that way. Sometimes they inject it into the joint and sometimes they inject it into your veins. And I'm not keen on either personally. So I, in total, I probably ordered five MRIs in my entire professional career. And you guys know I did regenerative injection therapy. Like I did musculoskeletal medicine for the entirety of that decade in practice. And it was just over a decade. And I I hardly ordered MRIs. I did so when there was litigation involved, meaning the patient had been in a car accident and we needed proof of tissue damage. But not a common thing for me to order for orthopedic issues. Now, if someone's having neurologic issues, uh, I'm suspecting multiple sclerosis or some kind of degenerative neurologic issue. Of course, like we got to see what's going on there, of course, and we got to track it. But if you can avoid them, then I highly encourage it. But don't get caught with a doctor who doesn't know what they're doing and they're just going to order a contrast MRI because they want to see what's going on with your knee because they don't know how to diagnose your knee issue because they don't know how to palpate it or they don't know their anatomy well enough. And so they're subjecting you to gadolinium and high doses of magnet 
right? This is what I'm trying to get through. This is why I think it's such a scam. And then we jump to CTs. CTs are, I think of CTs, often they can be interchangeable with MRI because they will show you soft tissue and they'll show you bone. They are massive doses of radiation. A CT scan is a massive dose of radiation. So let's just start there. Those can be used with dye as well. They might do they might do some kind of um, iodine contrast and run a CT on you. I usually think of CTs as being more reserved for ER visits or things that are more concerning than an MRI, but they do both look, sometimes it's a, it's a wash of whether a doctor will choose one over the other, but you're going to find CTs more in hospital settings, not necessarily all the time, but sometimes. These open MRI places, those are CTs usually because people like me, I don't like getting in a tube. I get claustrophobic. So just know it's a massive dose of radiation. And then here's something that I will throw in. I've hung out with folks who run radiology centers, <laughs> doctors that run these centers. And I saw something in there I didn't love. And what it looked like was they would have a patient referred in. These are radiologists, mind you. These are radiologists. These are not orthopedic doctors. These are radiologists. They're trained to know images really, really well. So of course, these are the people you want looking at your images. Well, they would get folks in and they would... And I've hung out in these centers as part of my rounds as I was in my training and after just learning more about the industry. And they would get folks in who were referred in by whomever, maybe their MD, their ND, their chiropractor, whatever, for a low back image. And then they would get the image done and then they would come back into the radiologist's office and they would get uh, all the images would be up on the screen looking terrible, by the way. And they would show them how terrible their back was. And then they would talk them right there, right on the spot into getting a cortisone injection and saying, oh, we've already checked your insurance. It'll cover it, especially if they were on Medicare. That's a whole other scam. They will milk your Medicare, man. It's the whole orthopedic community. There's a thing with Medicare that grosses me out. So keep your old people close and take care of them because once they get on that orthopedic roller coaster, it's a ride and they'll ride it to the end, some of these doctors. Anyway, I digress. They'll get them into the center and they'll be like, hey, let's do a cortisone injection while you're here. They don't call the referring doctor to have a consult. They don't call the referring doctor to ask, hey, what do you think about this? Will this, you know, conflict with your treatment plan? And in the case of what I did, which was regenerative medicine, cortisone definitely messed up the plan for sure. Because I was trying to do the opposite of what cortisone does with my injections. So they would just inject them with cortisone and they'd come back from the imaging center with their CD of images and say, oh, by the way, while I was there, I got cortisone injected to me. And it would make me so mad, you guys. Like no PARQ, no informed consent, really. Just no telling them, look, this is going to melt your tissues and make you more unstable in the future as you go forward. And no, none of that. Just let's milk the insurance and put some cortisone in this poor old person. So you have been warned. The other thing I will say is I know this for a fact because I have had confirmation out of the mouths of radiologists about this. They write MRI reports and CT reports to justify surgery or to justify whatever it is they're trying to go towards. So if I was trying to justify 
the need for regenerative injection therapy, they would look at the nuances that I needed to be seen. So they would look at the ligamentous and tendinous attachment points, but they they don't normally pay attention to that. Um, Normally they're looking for a herniated disc or a torn meniscus or something that can have surgery done on it. So and maybe I'm wrong and I'm not saying everyone's like this, but I have heard it out of the mouths too many times of in the radiology community that for sure they wrote these reports to justify surgery. So a patient would come in with a horrific report. I wouldn't even look at the images. I just read the report. And I'll tell you, I learned something really cool from one of my mentors. He said, don't ever read the MRI report. MRI report until you've done the physical exam. Come up with your own conclusion, your own diagnosis, then look at the report because the report will scare you. And I did that in my practice. And man, these reports were terrible. And here's the person in front of me. And I know I said this on one of the other orthopedic episodes. You know, the person's got full range of motion, full strength of the joint. Everything's fine. It just hurts in this one spot. And the MRI report looks like a disaster, just a complete disaster. And the person's scared out of their mind. They've been told they have a full thickness tear and they need surgery immediately, especially guys, listen to this. Men, I've noticed for some reason, this happens to women with their hips, but this happens to men often. If you're an active male and you are in your 30s to 40s, and you have anything go wrong with your shoulders or your elbows or your knees, they will convince you to have surgery and they will make it sound like if you don't, your career's over, your sporting career, right? Your athletic career is over. You'll never be able to play soccer again. You'll never be able to lift weights again. We have to do one. And then of course, they're going to want to do the other side because that one you might as well while you're there. It's a whole scam. And it's gross because these guys would come in and I'd be like, or we could just do some prolo or some PRP and Nine times out of 10, they're just, boom, they're great. They're back. Everything's fine. And then they're pissed because they're like, man, I can't even believe how much the orthopedist scared me. And I just needed some like sugar water in my joint. And if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen. I cover this in one of the parts one through three. I talk about it a little bit throughout, but I really dive into it in the regenerative medicine one. So check that one out so you can understand the options that are available to you instead of getting cut on or instead of getting cortisone. There's a lot of options. You just have to find the doctor. And I can't make referrals. I, since I've released these episodes, I'm getting a lot of requests for referrals and I can't, I'm sorry, I can't help you. Um, you're just going to have to find somebody in your area or most likely you probably will have to travel, but it's up to you. Some people love surgery. I, I meet people all the time and they're like, nope, surgery, surgery's it. It's like, okay, whatever floats your boat. But surgery's usually going to make you more unstable. Sometimes it's the blessing in disguise. And I've had folks I know, patients, um, other doctors who are like, man, surgery was like the best thing I ever did. And I've heard that. So go for it. I'm not trying to tell you what to do. I'm just trying to tell you what your different options are. Another imaging modality that's common is ultrasound. And I have one in my clinic and now it's in my house. (laughs) So we use it whenever somebody gets hurt. I think ultrasound is awesome. It tells you what's going on. I will warn you, if I just toggle the ultrasound probe ever so slightly, I can make something that is normal look really messed up. So if I want to justify an injection or something like that, it is possible to do that. And I've seen people talk about that. So I don't know what to make of that. I feel like ultrasound really is in the eye of the... It's not only the person reading the ultrasound, it's the person performing the ultrasound. And it's just one minute I'm holding the probe and everything looks fine and ever so slightly shifted and it looks like everything's torn up. And so... 
you got to find someone who's really, really good with ultrasound to ultrasound you. And again, a lot of these images are, these reports of these images are sometimes used to justify the procedure. So I don't know what to say about that. I don't, that's very vague, I know, and I'm not trying to scare people, but it's just, I don't know, ultrasound, ultrasound's a great place to start. Like if I suspect a patient has fatty liver or they've got nodules on their thyroid or we want to look at their joints, ultrasound's awesome because I can look at the good joint, the joint that's not hurt, and then I can compare it to the joint that is hurt. And we can definitely see the discrepancies there, right? But an ever so slight toggle of that probe can make something, again, that's healthy and normal look crazy. The other part is this. I remember being at a conference once and I was having PRP done to my left shoulder because I had just torn the crap out of it in softball years earlier. So I'd like dislocated it and had several injuries on it and tore my labrum. And so I got PRP injected in there and he ultrasounded my entire shoulder diagnostically to show the group, like, this is how you do it. These are the lesions. This is what it all looks like. And he got done with that shoulder. And then he went over to my other shoulder and imaged that with the ultrasound. This would be the same case with an MRI even. And the other shoulder, which was completely asymptomatic, looked terrible. It looked terrible and he's like, oh, this one's just a mess and you should treat this one too. And this one's going to be, you know, this one's going to give you a lot of grief in the near future and blah, blah, blah. And that was 10 years ago and my right shoulders never hurt a day ever. And my left shoulder feels great after it got treated. I'm just saying, even in the regenerative medicine community, there was this big like, oh, your shoulder looks so terrible under ultrasound. And that's the same case I've seen repeatedly, like I mentioned, with patients and friends and colleagues, is these reports come back. The person's like, oh my gosh, I, you know, I mean, literally the the doctor will get the report and call the patient and be like, we need to schedule you this week for surgery. And the person's fine. They just have a, a hitch in their giddy up. Like they just, they just have a hitch. And they need, I mean, I, my tool of choice was regenerative injections and there's other tools that I know work. So whether it be acupuncture or, you know, whatever, there's all kinds of, of options out there. And I just say this because it's a thing. And this is why I say orthopedic medicine is a scam. Another imaging modality is a PET scan. You may have heard of that. I usually think of those in more severe cases like cancer. So if they're looking for cancer, whenever I hear PET scan, I go, uh oh. When, and that's not to say that's always its only use. But when I hear PET scan, I'm like, ooh, this is, you know, they're probably looking for something a little bit bigger. So questions to ponder as the patient. What's the radiation dose? What's your lifetime radiation exposure, right? We all have a bucket, like a toxicity bucket, if you will, that gets filled. And some of us fill our bucket earlier in life than later. And so often it's some little thing that kind of makes the bucket overflow. So I think of radiation exposure like that or magnetic exposure. Like what is that even doing to the mitochondria? So just consider like if your knee hurts a little bit and they're like, we need to do a contrast MRI. You're like, really? <laughs> just ponder that and maybe get a second opinion. Is it worth it? Is it going to change the treatment any that they're going to do? Or are they just trying to cover their butts? Um, do we really need to know what's going on in there exactly in order to proceed with therapy? Or do we, have we found a good doctor who has good hands and knows their orthopedic medicine and knows their musculoskeletal medicine and can maybe do a more conservative trial of therapy before we go into something bigger, right? 
And know that a lot of doctors, again, are practicing CYA medicine because they don't know what they're dealing with because they didn't learn that stuff so well in school. And now they've got a patient in front of them and they're like, uh, I'm just going to image you because I'm practicing lazy medicine. So that's my... That's my full warning on that. And know that it's a profit center for many places. Imaging centers are a profit center and they will often punt to that cortisone injection. So if you have a family member who's going in, go with them and ask, what are the risks of cortisone? Ask them to give you a, a thorough PARQ. It's, it's procedure, alternatives, you know, um, questions or risks and questions. That's a PARQ. That's a true informed consent. So find out if they really need it because cortisone is catabolic. It chews up tissues. And most often these issues are a lack of, um, I mean, shoot, for low backs. Yeah, you can have a herniated disc. A, things heal. So that herniation very well may reabsorb. B, most people who have low back pain have, they've got atrophy in those little tiny muscles holding their vertebrae together. So they're not actually holding, their spine isn't being held together well. And that's leading to a lot of pain. It's leading to more instability. It's leading to the potential for disc herniation. And then we shoot cortisone in there. That's very likely going to make everything worse. Um, Maybe some good targeted physical therapy would be a better option because cortisone melts your joints. And we have a saying in orthopedic surgery, orthopedic surgery begets more orthopedic surgery. So once you start with a cortisone injection, then they ramp you up to radial ablation. And mind you, they stick you in the imaging machine every time they do this so that they can charge for it. So it's a whole thing. And a lot of docs do similarly do ultrasound guided injections for the same reason. So they can charge for it when maybe that injection, now cortisone melts tissue. So you do have to do it image guided, but a lot of prolotherapy and regenerative medicine is much better done with good palpation skills. I'm far more interested in where it hurts, where that little nodule is on the tendon or ligament that hurts than if an ultrasound is showing it. And a lot, it's it's strange because a lot of the imaging centers have convinced the chiropractors, at least where I live, that every injection has to be done under imaging. And I think it's crazy. Like that makes me crazy. I asked the chiropractors who believe that, I asked them this question, do you need an ultrasound on every single joint you adjust? Because it's not, as long as the doctor doing the regenerative injections knows where the, the pitfalls are, the landmines, as long as I'm not going to hit an artery or nerve and I'm not going to injure, I mean, I'm not injecting anything that's going to melt the tissues, right? I'm injecting stuff that's regenerative. It's a whole different beast than a cortisone injection. So just something to think about. And then I'll leave you with this. If you were to take every, if we were to take a big high rise building and everybody in that building was in their forties and we were to put them all through an MRI to look at their low back, the bulk of the majority of those images would look like absolute garbage, and very few of them would be symptomatic. This has been shown in study after study. Images don't show pain. They might show a hot mess. It might look terrible. It might look like, oh my gosh, how is that person even walking? And that person may have no pain. Pain and imaging do not correlate, you guys. Please, if that's all you take home from this, pain and imaging do not correlate. Very rarely is some, it's, I have seen so many images where I'm looking for a structure or, you know, they come in with the MRI. I want to see the structure of where they're complaining, where they're pointing, saying it hurts. That doesn't even look that bad. Everything else might look terrible, but they don't have any pain in the other places. So pain and imaging do not correlate very often. I 
think it's overused. I think that there does run some risk with it. And they, I think they're flippant about it and cavalier. And I think it can really um, ultimately change the course of how you might be treated. Right? Like I just explained how people get put on that pathway down this orthopedic, like cortisone, radial ablation, surgery, more surgery. It really sets people down sometimes a debilitating path. And I've seen it time and time and time again. So that is all. I hope that's helpful for you guys. I know it's a lot of information. Go back and listen to parts one through three so you can have the full package. And this concludes my orthopedic medicine is a scam series. I love you all. As always, um, please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast player. We love that. And if you have ideas for upcoming episodes, go ahead and reach out to us at podcast. It's podcast at drtina.com. D-R-T-Y-N-A.com. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Dr. Tina Show. Please be sure to follow me on Instagram at Dr. Tina, that's D-R-T-Y-N-A and Dr. Tina 2.0, as well as visit my website at drtina.com. This is a Resonant Media production produced by Drake Peterson and mixed by Chris McCone. The theme song is by John the Guilt. As always, you can email the show at podcast at drtina.com. And if you like this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. See you next week. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. It does not constitute the practices of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. I am a doctor, but I am not your doctor. No doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and the materials linked to this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content on this podcast is intended not to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice from any medical condition they have, and they should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions. If you're looking to take back your health, it's time for you to listen to the Real Foodology podcast. From the producer of The Dr. Tina Show comes one of Apple Podcast's top 10 nutrition shows hosted by integrative nutritionist and real food activist Courtney Swan. The Real Foodology podcast is on a mission to change the way we eat. Courtney interviews doctors, food experts, health professionals, and nutrition pioneers to bring you the best info so you can thrive. Somewhere along the way, we lost sight of how impactful our food choices are. But it's never too late to start on the path of better health choices. You'd be so surprised how resilient our bodies are when we start taking care of them. Yes, it's overwhelming, but that's why Courtney's here to help. She breaks it down for you and makes the information more accessible so that you can make more informed decisions in the grocery aisle or restaurant. Listen to the Real Foodology podcast today on your favorite podcast app.